Welcome back to The Film Experience. You're listening to another edition of our special series, Supporting Actress Smackdown. We look at past Oscar vintages and we get a panel to discuss them. Uh, our topic today is 2005. Now, this is the year that it will still be familiar, and not just because it's 15 years ago, uh, but because all five of the actresses are still very much part of our movie culture. But this was the very first time that Amy Adams, Michelle Williams, and Rachel Weisz were all nominated. Um, for Junebug, Brokeback Mountain, and The Constant Gardener, respectively. And it was the second nomination for Catherine Keener, for Capote. And Frances McDormand was on her fourth nomination, uh, this time for North Country. She had already won at this point. And so let's jump right into the discussion. I'm very excited to introduce this panel. Um, in no particular order, I'm going to introduce you, and uh, I'm just very happy you're all here to talk about 2005. Um, first of all, we have the actor Carrie O'Malley, who is currently on Snowpiercer. Hi, everybody. Um, yeah, most of you would know me most recently from Snowpiercer on TNT. I play Lila Folger, the devious first-class passenger. Um, you might also know me for uh, uh, Four Seasons on Shameless or um, Recurring on Stars or uh, Survivor's Remorse or um, maybe Boardwalk Empire or Those Who Kill or anyway, any number of um, kind of like a... Um, utility player on television and uh <laughs> and then I, i've done a lot of broadway as well uh seven broadway shows including um Irving berlin's white christmas and into the woods so um some of you musical theater fans might also know me so you uh you know from supporting actresses i do indeed <laughs> right there in the thicket of it yes exactly <laughs> welcome um then we have justin shane from the los angeles times yeah, hi everyone. Uh, I'm film critic at the All the Times and also at uh, Fresh Air on NPR. And I am just uh, a longtime fan and I think previous guest on Nathaniel's podcast uh, years ago. Um, it is a pleasure to be back and be here with all of you. Thank you. But you haven't done a SmackDown before. I have not. No, this so, is a first. Yeah. So I'm very, very excited to have you. Um, and you were, you just a couple of years ago, you had, had a big, uh, Jury duty at the big festival. Yes, I hope we'll for that during our conversation. I will. will, It might be a stretch, but yes, that was it. Was a it was a wonderful experience. Yeah, it was Can. It was uh, It was Berlin. Berlin. Um, and I would have you know, I mean, Berlin is one of the few festivals that invites uh the great unwashed among the press to join uh their jury sometimes. And this was uh Juliet Binoche was the president. So, you know, I would have said yes anyways, but how could right, I right. say no to that? <laughs> Very exciting. Yeah. And then we have Ali Benzekri, am I saying your name correctly? Yes, it's correct. <laughs> I am uh, head of archives of film and non film archives at Cinematheque of Tangier. I've been doing this for one year now and I hope uh that keep me a little bit longer. <laughs> I write about films occasionally, and uh, I'm mostly uh, super excited and uh, about uh, films and actresses. So yeah, I was going to say kindred spirit because you're very actress obsessive, which we're all about here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Joey Moser from Awards Daily. Hi, I'm a little a little starstruck by everyone. I won't I won't hide that. Um, yeah, I write for Awards Daily mostly for uh, the TV size. We're in the thicket of of Emmy season. Uh, Tara, I'm actually going to be interviewing somebody from Snowpiercer. I think next week. Uh, oh, uh, um, so yeah, I love the podcast. I'm uh, uh, very thrilled to be here. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we're uh, we're. Just going to jump right in. Normally we do older years. So I was, I, I'll have to, I'm just going to confess. I was like not excited to revisit this year, but the listeners are <laughs> requesting it. Um, cause I like to go further back, but I had a really good time rewatching all these movies. So I hope you all did too. Um, even the ones I didn't love, like I, it was really great to revisit them, I think. And it was particularly interesting to see the constant gardener again. Um, because I didn't have a clear memory of it at all. And so afterwards, I, I watched it first. So afterwards, I was trying to reimagine all the other movies as like restructuring so that they were about the supporting actress. <laughs> so technically, I, I would argue that Rachel Weiss is a lead in that movie. Um, cause the entire movie is about her. So I was, uh, 
I was trying to reframe all the other movies to be mysteries about their supporting actors. <laughs> had you all see, had any of you not seen any of these pictures before? So I'll, I'll jump in. Uh, this is Carrie. Um, I have to admit that um, one of the things you need to know about me is that I'm, I'm a huge Boston sports fan, and the Boston Red Sox won the World Series in 2004. Some of you may remember that, and after an 86-year drought. So 2004-2005 is kind of a baseball fugue state for me. So, um, I didn't see any of them except for Brokeback Mountain. And so I, all four of them were new to me. Oh, wow. So um, I that's 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 I should, probably shouldn't say that as an actress. I really should be paying more attention. But that year was really, you know, just all baseball all the time. So, um, yeah, I <laughs> I didn't remember much about Brokeback, except that I enjoyed it at the time and thought it was very moving. But it was really fun to watch these four um, films, uh, four other films now. Yeah, I mean, well, you can't see everything in any year. And Lord knows some of us try, <laughs> uh, especially those who are paid. <laughs> I'm sure, <laughs> Justin, you've, I'm sure you've seen all of these before. I had seen them all, but I think Brokeback Mountain is, which for me is the best film of the five that are represented yeah. here, is the only one that I've gone back to mm-hmm. more than once. I, I definitely, and I definitely haven't seen The Constant Gardener um, in I only saw it once. And it's funny because uh, like, as with you, as you said, Nathaniel, I, that movie held up better than I remembered. Mm-hmm. Um, North country held up better than I remembered. Uh, I don't know if it's just the vibe. I don't know if it's on the heels of um, AOC's amazing speech. It's just what it's saying about, about uh, sexism and uh, you know, uh, just abuse. Uh, and obviously the moment that we're in, but it just felt like, wow, this is, um, this is obviously very relevant and, uh, and just the virtues of the move, you know, we'll, I know we'll get to that, but, um, it, it's, it was a very pleasant surprise to kind of revisit some of them. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone else about having Joey and Ali? Have you seen all these before? First time watching constant Gardner, but I've seen, uh, all four other movies, uh, I think in, uh, in 10 years. Okay. But first time we're watching them all. Okay. It brought back mountain because I, I, I always wanted to revisit it again, but yeah, I just did it this week. I was. Yeah. I saved broke back for last because I think it's one of the greatest movies ever made, like legit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just loved it all over again. And but and I was like very happy about um that it held up so well and that it had riches that I had. Even though I think it's brilliant, I riches that I had forgotten about within it, like little scenes and, and things. Um, so let's, but let's start with the constant gardener since, uh, Rachel won, won, uh, the Oscar. Um, um, Justin, you had mentioned that you don't think it's among, you liked her, but you don't think it's among her best work because you prefer her stylization. So I was wondering if you could speak a little to that. It's kind of funny because looking at these performances all 15 years old. So looking, you know, back, from the vantage of 15 years later, I can't help but think that some of them, you know, some of them did, I guess, signature work or richer work since then. And for me, Rachel Weiss is one of them. I've, I've always liked her as an actress and I think she's very good in this movie. Um, and I think that the fact that it does feel like a lead, the fact that she is so at the center of it and the way it's, it's also just very interesting to have a character who is dead for most of the movie and mm-hmm. who is driving the narrative and who sort of, turns the movie into a ghost story and is you know, literally haunting the main character, um, which I think gave the, the role the heft that it needed, but to, to win. But yeah, I just think like my favorite performances by Rachel Weiss are probably since then are probably the deep blue sea and the favorite. And I think that, I mean, she was Oscar nominated for the favorite. I think she should have been for the deep blue sea. And it's just interesting because I think there's a level of stylization that she's working at in those films and in the deep blue sea in particular, um, you know, that um, adaptation of Terrence Radigan's play, you know, she is like almost like embracing this idea of melodrama that is, you know, just wonderfully flagrantly unrealistic. And, you know, this, this, it's not, you know, it's not kind of re- what we think of as realistic or naturalistic. Right. Yeah. There's an intensity to it. And I, I think it's amazing. And in the favorite, of course, she's just playing this kind of 
the opposite spectrum, just this really chilly, viperous misanthropy yeah. kind of, you know, and it's just, it's just, and she's just absolutely amazing and of, um, you know, many amazing performances in that movie too. So it's funny. I, I think she's an example of an actress who I kind of like at those extremes of sort of behavior, I guess. And yeah. this one, I think she's really good. She's at the same time. It's very refreshing to see her in this. She's very, you know, just, She's like a breath of life, this kind of rude energy that is brought into this world. And of course, this world cannot tolerate her and has to snuff her out. But um, so I think it's a very good performance. Um, it's not my favorite of the five, but um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think she's a really interesting actor, but the career, um, you know, everybody's career is it's like you get certain opportunities to show certain things. And uh, Carrie, I, I'm sure that you've experienced this, like, like actors. I think most actors probably have a lot more range than we know. Oh, sure. People ask you to do like certain things, but, and the thing I like about Rachel in this is that it's such a prismatic performance. Like if you look at certain scenes, like she comes across as a different character, but it's kind of because she, she's purposely, um, not deceptive, but she's purposely, uh, secretive. So you're always constantly wondering about her motivations. And I really liked that about the performance. I think this this performance is one of those that that is um, that to someone who doesn't know how actors work and what they do, it it seems like oh it's just effortless. She's just a charismatic person and she's just winning and 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 those are skills. So one of the great skills of being a movie star is knowing that um, your presence alone, your the the way the camera interacts with you, the way that people fall in love with you, is a skill, you know, and that. Um, she is so effortless at being just charismatic and you fall in love with her and you care about her and you, you can see why Ray Fiennes' character falls in love with her. Like she's just, um, she's, she has charisma and that is, and then to see, compare that to, you know, the favorite later where she is so chilly and so hard. It's such a different quality and that there is tremendous skill behind that quality of openness and um, just energy that she draws people into her and she makes other people in the room feel like they're the only person in the room and that, you know, you think, I want to go on this ride with her. I want to follow this character. I want to follow her passion. I would go anywhere she wants to go. I would go into a dangerous world and follow her and continue, like, for Ray Fiennes' character to say, I will get to the bottom of what happened to her. That is the power of her charisma. Yeah, and the movie wouldn't work if she wasn't doing that because it's so it's so much about her it's almost like a siren like performance like she has to draw you in in into her own death which is like a a, a really strange setup for a movie i don't actually love the movie but i think it is a really interesting movie i think with fernando um, murray i don't know if i'm pronouncing his name correctly that that director i think he's to me he's he uh he he overdoes it a little in his movies. I don't know if anybody else has feelings about his movies, but he, he seems to be always gilding the lily is, is the way I, I think about it. Like he, he, he clearly is a strong director, but I think he pushes a lot when he doesn't maybe need to. I don't know. <laughs> That's mm. my take on it. Joey, you're being very quiet. I don't. <laughs> I think the thing that I responded to the most this time that I watched it, I, I remember back in 2005 when she was like winning everything that I didn't particularly like the movie and I kept wondering why she was winning everything. And cause I thought other performances were a little bit more deserving. Um, but I, I really responded to the movie this time. The, the warmth that she exudes, especially in the scenes that she has with, um, with Ray finds like the first scene they have together um, where they sort of go up against one another, I guess like she loses and like everybody walks out, but then it's sort of interesting that the relationship sort of immediately shifts from what we see. Like she's more in the driver's seat, the way that she can sort of cajole or, or not manipulate, but the way that she can sort of adjust perceptions of everyone, whether it's him or Danny Houston. I think that was very interesting. And the whole time I was watching it, I kept I, I really wish I would have had the opportunity to see Tessa as a mother. Um, I thought that the entire time. So I feel like this time watching it, I was way more fascinated with her performance, maybe because, maybe because what I've seen with what Rachel has done with like deeply see in the favorite since then, it feels mm -hmm. so, so, so different 
And I think I appreciated the layers of the performance a lot more this time around. Yeah. Well, that's one of the interesting things about looking back is like for, for some of these, it was first impressions and a lot mm-hmm. of like I had seen Amy Adams before Junebug, but I hadn't really like clocked her. Like I was really, I was really into, I don't know if any of you sound this, so really into that movie Psycho Beach Party. Oh yeah. <laughs> 2000, which I thought was such a funny like spoof of those old movies. Um, and she was in that, but it's like she had that type of role where she has like these little like comic bits. Um, but for a lot of these women, like Michelle Williams also, who's now like obviously one of the greats and people like just worship her. But at the time she was like a television actor who was like breaking into movies. Um, and so like the, these, these impressions we now have of the people weren't what people had in 2005 going in. And I feel like I'm talking too much, but Amy Adams, it was really interesting <laughs> to see this again because she, has obviously become so famous and delivered so many famous performances after that, but I still kind of think this might be her best performance <laughs> in Junebug. Well, Ali, I know you don't like the movie at all, but you loved her in it, right? I, I liked it. I liked it. Just that like, it was very quirky, you know, and it irritates me a little bit <laughs> watching <laughs> characters being, uh, being themselves, but that just feels very, uh, um, very plastic in a way. I don't know. I don't know. Just the kind of movies that came out of Sundance. I don't know if the movie premiered at Sundance or not. It did. I think it did. It's very Sundance-y. <laughs> but, you know, whenever Amy is not on screen, you, you, you miss her. And yeah. it's weird because uh, it's supposed to be about all of them. That's what makes her very good. That's what makes that performance very memorable because you're like... Uh, you're like waiting for her to appear again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's weird because I loved the opening of that movie. I was like, uh, it felt like I was watching something very special. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's such and an odd, odd movie, but I love its oddity personally. Odd and then like the music, music. Yeah. yeah. She's so lovable. She's just so lovable. Like you, yeah. you in, in, in lesser hands, that character would be. A, a caricature, a, a, a mm-hmm. joke. I'm like so annoying. It's so annoying. You in in lesser hands, you would be like, oh my god, why would anybody want to have a kid with that person? Like she's an idiot. <laughs> she's so shallow. She's this, and she is so. I mean, I, I, I'm so taken with how she made that character so lovable, so winsome, so guileless, so um, fresh and funny and charming and heartbreaking. And I mean, I think it's an incredibly skilled performance. She doesn't judge the character she's playing. That's one of the great pitfalls for any actors is judging who you're playing, commenting on it, like letting the audience know, I'm not really like this, you know. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> not, not doing that. She's saying this is, you know, you, you totally understand where she's coming from. And he, she makes like cliches sound like great wisdom you know what's that line she has about um you know god god uh it's something about god did god made you but he doesn't want you to stay this way or something like that oh yeah yeah that sounds like i'm getting it wrong but you you remember the gist of it and that in other hands you would think oh god like she's (laughs) quoting like some you know uh you know, needlepoint pillow, right? Right, right. And suddenly you hear it and you go, oh, my God, she's right. You know, she's <laughs> right. It's so, I just, it, it, she's amazing. She's so good at it. Yeah, and, and that delivery of that line specifically is, like, weirdly funny, too, even though you, like, what you're saying about not, she clearly doesn't judge Ashley, which I love, and it, to her, that's profound, and I think it's so earnest. The comedy is so earnest, with, yes. with that character that I think it just totally works. And um, I, I, Joey, you, you cracked me up with your comment about if this movie was made today, she would have like a meerkat YouTube channel. She would. <laughs> and, I would, I would be the, I would subscribe to that and watch it every week. <laughs> well, the funny thing about that performance is that the, the, the performance is so memorable. And I, I remember like, being very obsessed with her obsession with meerkat and it's like one it's like literally one beat in the performance where she does that little thing with her hands yeah. <laughs> meerkat face and it's over in like a split second and i was like wait i missed it and that was it <laughs> other than her husband trying to record um 
that show for her. And it's just like, like she invests these like very odd, like screenwritery things with real, like palpable, like character straight in it. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like also something that also helps the performance is the fact that M. Beth Davis' character isn't annoyed by her because if it was like a whole movie where she was also tired of Ashley running up to her and telling her like some silly dorky thing, mm-hmm. it would change the perception of, it would change our perception of Ashley as well. So I, I think that chemistry is actually very, very interesting between the two of them. Yeah. I think M. Beth Davids in, in general is a very underappreciated actor, yeah. and I wish I, I wish I could see her more. Yeah, um, she's so good in this. The way the way that she just remains a generous, open presence in that crazy house, and that it, again, she's not judging any of the other characters. She's just sort of receiving them and letting the audience make the uh, decision about how to feel instead of telling the audience how to feel. You know, there's not this sort of wink and nod to the audience. Like, yeah, she's pretty annoying. Yeah. Or, boy, that guy's a loser or boy, that mom. is. <laughs> so she's, she's letting us figure that out. And then because at the end of the film, everything you've thought about these characters has changed. You know, you, you're just like, wow, I don't, there, there's so much more going on than your first impression. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think, uh, and that, and Beth has that for sure. She's, she's yeah. really doing that for us. I talked to Celia Weston once at a party about this movie. I heard her. I'm like, I have to hear about June Bug. <laughs> and, and she was, uh, it was interesting because it, the movie feels like, at least to me, it feels so much like a screenwriter's movie. But from talking to her, I got the impression from the like little anecdote. She told me that it was a very collaborative movie. Like they had, the the screenplay was there obviously, but she's like it changed a lot while they were filming. And like Amy Adams, for example, her the Ashley role grew throughout filming. I think the filmmakers realized what sort of <laughs> magic had been conjured, and she got more to do than that wasn't originally the case. So I that's one thing I love about movies is discovering these like that that they're organic while they're being made. Yeah. I wish we'd heard more from, I don't know, I know Angus McLaughlin has done more since then, but not nearly enough based on this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my friend Nick Davis said uh, about this, uh, who's been on SmackDown many times, he he says one thing he loves about Junebug is it feels like you're watching a movie by people who have never been told what a movie can or can't do. (laughs) So it's like the completely, like, original, like, bizarre, you know, object which in a way fits so much with like the the very strange like sidebar thing about like artists who aren't trained and sort of just do their own thing. Yeah. Um, so that's an interesting thing about the movie. Just quickly say that yeah, it's like it's funny because I I totally know what Ali means about this has like the template on paper of a a prototypical Sundance movie, but it doesn't behave like one, and it doesn't it has a completely different soul and it's like the movie is i feel like almost like the movie was made with this if there was something on the back of everyone's minds it was just do not fall into stereotypes do not fall into easy judgments about any about you know big city small country folk whatever you know just completely reject any kind of stereotypical uh judgment you might make about that and i think amy adams just does that more brilliantly than anyone. I mean, I think everyone in the movie is pretty fantastic, but, um, and she is just, she's the soul of the movie. And again, I think something maybe within these five performances that she has in common with Rachel Vice is that it, I I would argue, I mean, this is a true ensemble piece, but Mm -hmm. she, I'm not saying she's a lead or lead, but she, she's the one you think about when you return to this movie. And it's just interesting too, because I remember at the time, you know, and I had seen her and reviewed her in a few films before that at the festival, mostly smaller films. And this was absolutely her breakthrough. And she got some attention from critics groups. She was like the runner up with the LA film critics, second to Catherine Keener, actually, as it happens. Um, and then she won the National Society Film Critics Award outright, which was a big deal. So it's almost like I, I feel like there's a matter of something, you know, as, always, as we always know, it's it's not about which the, the the merits of the performance that necessarily win. It's like when you arrive. And I think for her, it was seen as this nomination was the honor. Um, yes. And it was just good enough to be, you know, and this very acclaimed movie that propelled her to that 
spot in the race. Um, but now it's funny to look at the career she's gotten and now she's perceived rightly as one of the most kind of overdue people in, this, in the industry. Yeah. Um, and I still think as, as Nathaniel said, I still think this ranks absolutely among her best work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so I, I want to go to something, the very opposite, because I think North country for, even though I think it's aged slightly better than I expected, I agree with Justin on that. Um, it is in, in a lot of ways, the least distinctive of the movies we watched in a lot of ways, the most like sort of formulaic, like it's a message movie that, you know, it has its like points and it just like, I'm going to make them like this. And I think the, the structure of it is, I think a little messy. Like I think it's, doesn't work that it starts with the court case. Um, I think it would work much better as like a linear movie. Mm. Um, but I noticed that this, this, um, the panel, people were a little, uh, mixed on, on, uh, Francis McDormand. And I think Carrie among us, I think you were the biggest fan of her performance. I wanted to start with you of why you liked it so much. Well, I love her. I just think she yeah. is so yeah. singular mm-hmm. and, um, without vanity and that she has groundedness and intelligence and bravery. And, um, I think she can do so much with so little. And for me, the crux of the courtroom scene is just a look from her. You know, she makes the sound with, uh, in her wheelchair and then it is, it is just a silent look to the other women. Yeah that makes them get up and take a stand and that that is incredible power to not only hold the screen, but that a single look can get the other characters to, to make a decision that changes the lives of everyone in the film. And that, so she has moral authority and that that is a hard one. And um, it's not just her performance in the film. It's her entire career up until then. It's who it's what she brings as an actor to the table, very few people have that kind of strength and power that they can hold the screen with a single look like that. Mm-hmm. And that um, she comes to that moment after having gotten this woman into this, you know, Charlize's character is in this situation because she was, you know, she was encouraged to work at this factory by Francis's character. And so she takes responsibility for getting her into it. And the moment where, you know, she's walking out of the, the union meeting and she's so proud and she's like, you know, just don't, help me i'm gonna i just find her endlessly compelling i always and 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 inventive and i never know what she's going to do next it's all it always takes me by surprise um it always feels to me invented in the moment which is great acting for me like i don't know what i'm she's sure doing. hard to pull off oh yeah because you're you're you memorize the script and there's Lots of takes and all that. Yeah. yeah, and to make it seem new and fresh every time, and and that I just she's so without vanity and and so um, I, I just think there's a there's a truth to her that is kind of just cuts through everything and is um, there's no artifice. So that's what I love about her. I, I think it's a great performance. Yeah, I. I Really, the the weird thing about this performance is that the scenes I respond to with with her are the stuff that never would have gotten her nominated, <laughs> like the sort of background scenes. Like I I think the the bar scene is my favorite oh, yeah. moment in the movie, um, and she's just so relaxed. There's something about her, like like that moral authority you had mentioned, but also just it ends up being this weird thing. Like you, you mentioned her lack of vanity and you can tell that in all of her performances. And you, what's so funny about it is that makes her like super sexy in like a contemporary setting when she's just playing like a friend or like, you can totally see why her husband's in love with her. And she's just so fun in that scene. And I, I love the sort of offhand way she dispels the, the potential high drama of a couple of the scenes, you know, just like sort of with offhand sort of line deliveries. Like one of my favorite beats is when um, she's in the locker room with Charlize and Charlize has been beat up and she, and then she has that speech about, I have to thank you for, you know, now I can support my kids. And, and, and the way Francis sort of throws, throws that away, like for what, you know, like don't thank me type of thing. And it's just so naturalistic, but at the same time, I, it is kind of like a, the, the part relies, I think way too much on just her natural persona. And I think, um, Justin, you had mentioned that it feels less distinctive than her other work. 
what you want to speak yeah, to. It's, it's interesting because it almost, uh, I, I, and I don't disagree with, in fact, listening to you guys, it's like, I actually feel like, oh, I, there are definitely things I maybe underappreciated about this yeah. performance, but I, Me too. but I, it's your, your, you make a very persuasive case, Carrie and, and Nathaniel too. But, and, and I, I, everything you're saying I love about, you know, I am normally such a fan of actors doing this kind of, um, just really bone deep, you know, completely unforced, uh, mm-hmm. kind of work. And yet it's true. It almost feels like she was cast in, in part because this would be an interesting contrast with Fargo, another movie set in, you know, uh, Wintry, you know, <laughs> Minnesota. Um, it's obviously completely different uh, characters, right? Characterizations and performances. But, um, I, it's weird. I, I, I think Frances McDormand is great and yet I go up and down with her. It's funny and I don't mean to keep tan, going off on tangents about other performances, but I think it's contrasts are interesting. Like you, you you want to watch you watch her mainly because it, one of the great pleasures of watching her is like just watching her tell everybody off you know that's yeah, yeah. The, the appeal <laughs> three billboards that's you know kind of the appeal to Fargo too although in a, in a kind of a more nuanced and I think richer kind of way and here it's it was this weird thing where I I, I appreciate and I loved that she was sort of that she was underplaying a lot while also kind of getting in these little jabs of humor, like, you know, when she does the, you know, when she's in the hospital and she does the kind of vocally distorted fuck you thing, which is a very Frances McDormand thing to do. It feels like it's always like a moment crafted for her. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think she makes more of that role than I, and I think that it's obviously her star persona that elevated her to this, the recognition that she received, but it feels the overall impact of the character just feels a little muffled to me. Um, mm-hmm. It just, in I feel like she's more, she's serving a, a very clear purpose in that movie. And I, you kind yeah. of know what it is by the end. And it's, it does. So it, yeah. 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 I mean, it's, yeah, well, it doesn't help that she disappears for so long from the movie. Sure. Also, um, I, I, one of the things that I surprised me about the movie is I didn't remember how rich the ensemble was. Even though I don't really like the movie as a full movie, I really like most of the performances in her. So good. So Um, many great performances. Yeah. And um, so did anybody of you have any people that you really responded to? Like, Ali, we haven't heard from you in a bit. Um, Did you respond to this cast at all? I I remember watching this film. I think it's very, uh, it gets better. Because I had this uh, idea that I was like uh, above average when I watched it the first time, mm-hmm. and it was very enjoyable to watch. And the cast was good. And um, I remember watching uh, reading your tweet the other day about Corey Stoll. Oh yeah, I love Corey Stoll. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot he was in it. <laughs> I died when he walked on screen. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> really great. At the time, I didn't remember. Uh, I didn't know. Coristol was. So now that I know him, I was like, oh, there he is. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. surprised. And, and Charlize was wonderful in it. It was really good. Yeah. Richard as well, he's, he is very good without saying anything, you know. He can convey all these emotions, complicated emotions. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's a very beautiful cast. Yeah. I, I always, I don't know, you know why this surprises me because He's so good in everything, but for whatever reason, I've never considered myself a fan of Woody Harrelson. And yet, whenever I'm rewatching a movie he's in, I was like, he's so good. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I should, I should definitely, I guess I should rethink my lack of fandom of him because I just, he's, he's like, oh, I love he's him. like a male friend, <laughs> Mike Dorman. He's just so like real and everything and has, yeah. has that natural like persona. I, great. I mean, Richard Jenkins is great, and Schwimmer yeah. is great, and I mean, Charlize is great. That I just think it feels very authentic. And I also want to say, like, you know, Frances, I, I believe she knows how to operate heavy machinery. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is important in this film that she fe- yeah. she looks like she should be wearing coveralls, and that she's totally confident operating heavy machinery, and that she's totally confident living and moving in a world of men and that they show respect to her in a different way than they, I mean, the moment with Michelle Monaghan where she gets tipped over in that, it's so horrifying. She's so amazing in that scene. And, 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 you know, there are just so many gems and performances in this film. I, I was, I was, I can't believe I didn't see this when it came out because to me, 
I'm like, why didn't I know about this movie? Why, why was I not paying attention? Again, baseball. But, um, he, <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is my kind of movie. This is a message that I really care about. And, yeah. and you know, right after AOC's speech on the floor, like, it's like, this is 15 years ago. Yep. And not that much has changed, but there are so many, so many performances in this film that you want to say, I mean, certainly Michelle, certainly Rusty, certainly Jill, certainly uh, Charlize, certainly Frances, and Sissy Spacek as well, that you see her transform, that she gets courage from the women around her to say, enough. enough." I forgot about that. Yeah. 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 Sorry, I interrupted you, Joe. Go ahead. Oh, no, it's okay. No, I'm glad you brought up Michelle Monaghan because I, one, had forgotten that she was in there, and that that exchange that she has with I, I like the scenes with the women in the bar. It's yeah, sort of yeah. comparison to like what happens to them at the at the mine. But the scene where she goes up to Woody Harrelson and she I guess she asks him to like to dance or something. And he's like no, and she, she basically says like you must be gay then. And she like walks <laughs> like I, I I forgot how much I I like her as an actress and she's so good in this movie. Yeah. So- yeah, I had forgotten how strong it was as an ensemble. I, I feel like the whole time I was rewatching, I was like, yeah. oh, this person's in, oh, this person's in. Holy crap, I forgot everyone is in it. Yeah, that's why, that's why I have struggle with the movie, because like, even though it's better than I remembered, it's still generic enough that given the cast, I wish, I wish it was like great, you know? <laughs> because like, yeah. And I was gonna say like the, the, the court scene feels like it doesn't happen. It feels like it's rushed in like the last 30 minutes. It was just like, oh, and then it, like all of that happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot the whole thing with the teacher. I was just like, what is going yeah. on? <laughs> I feel like this would be a really good movie. It's like, if honestly, it's the courtroom stuff that just doesn't work for me. I think yeah. that the portrait of life in the mines, the portrait of the small, of the life in the town and in the bar, completely persuasive to me and really and just the anger of the movie at what these women have had to endure and just the, the, the injustice being done to them. It's like, that is all completely authentic and convincing to me. It's just, but then it gets, and I understand it's a tricky story to tell. It's based on true events, but the framing of it through the framing device of the courtroom drama just yeah. feels really creaky and really movie-ish in ways yeah. that I think the rest of it, it just also just visually cinematically speaking, it just becomes a lot less interesting because yeah. the, the oh, portrait oh. of the mind, the, 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 all that machinery and all that, that world is really, I mean, I think I do remember seeing this on the big screen years ago and it was, it's quite stunning. Yeah. Um, I had forgotten that Chris, Chris Menji shot the, shot oh, the movie yeah. and it's gorgeous cinematography, which I had completely forgotten about. I think for that same reason, the, I mean, he's such a great cinematographer, but like because of the courtroom stuff, it's so heavy and and it's so visually bland compared to the rest of the movie. So yeah. So uh, we saved our the two best movies for last. I I think they're the two best movies, <laughs> um, Capote and Brokeback Mountain. Um, now Capote, I will admit I was not a fan of in 2005, and now my mea culpa, I was completely wrong. It's so good. I, I agree with that. Yeah. It's so good. I think I was, I was resistant to it. Cause you know, like sometimes the Oscar race can like turn you against a movie. It's, I'm not proud of it, but it's just true. I like all the campaigning and, and like if you're rooting for somebody else, then like I was annoyed that Philip Seymour Hoffman was winning all these prizes because I wanted Heath Ledger to win. <laughs> and, but now watching the movie now, it's like so good. And I, I think it's, um, I think it's, the, its strength is how like incisive it is. It takes carves out this very, very specific story from someone's life, which is my favorite type of biopic and the only type of biopic I think that generally achieves like masterwork level. Um, because like you can't tell someone's like 80 year life in like two hours. Um, and, and I was just stunned this time, this time through at Catherine Keener because I think she's doing as much to augment Philip Seymour Hoffman's performance as he's doing. Like, I feel like her, his whole performance, we are seeing it through her, her very microscopic, like judgments and reactions to what he's doing. I, I was very taken with her. Yes. I, I would agree with that. I, I think it's, it's uh she doesn't have that much screen time. Right. And she makes such an impression and she has such, uh, like what I what I like about Francis, like she has moral authority, and mm-hmm. Nell has moral authority, and so 
um, she, there's a there's a quietness, there's a simplicity, there's a groundedness, and there's such a fierce intellect at work that you see in every frame. And it and it and her simplicity in contrast to his um, flamboyance, for lack of a better word, you know, is such a great contrast. And um, that moment at the movie premiere is just yeah. oh god, it's just so good. It's just devastating, and she's just. And she's so um, she's so simple in her choices. Mm-hmm. You know, there's n- literally no gilding the lily. It's just all just simple and true and and still. And uh, and she also has incredible humor. I mean, the scene on the train where she says that she, you know, that he paid the guy to say that. About it's so good. She's so funny. She's so funny. And. And uh, I, I love her. I just think she's a great actress. I um I, I love this performance. And uh, Carrie, I love that you com- that you made the connection between her and Frances McDormand because I think I think you're totally right that they're they're doing the same type of things for their movies. They're giving the sort of like moral center and groundedness. And Justin, I was intrigued with what you said about Keener that it's that it's sort of the opposite type of performance that you usually enjoy from her. Absolutely, which I think it is mostly a, a strength because she's she has incredible range. I remember this thing that Roger Ebert once said. Was it Robert Ebert or Ebert, Roger Ebert? Or it was when he had Peter Bogdanovich on his show. This was after I can't believe I'm reaching back into this history, um, but it actually is not fresh on my mind. It was after she had gotten nominated for being John Malkovich several years earlier, and I think it was Bogdanovich or somebody who said that Catherine Keener is the kind of actress who can do like you know. 30 different takes of a scene and give you something completely different with every, you know, just through different and, and Carrie can educate me saying like, Oh, that's actually a, a very common thing for an actor to be able to do. But it, 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 it sure sounds impressive to me, but, um, but no, like in, I think it's the kind of thing where just her, just minute changes in inflection approach, whatever, just, she is just incredible range as an actor. And, um, and I, I, I really like this performance and it's, it's so interesting because as you say, it's basically designed to inform our perspective on Truman Capote. And, you know, we sort of take our cues from her in terms of what we should think of him. And she has so much tenderness and affection for him, but she also, you know, knows when it's time to call him on his bullshit, you know, kind of, it's, and we sort of are sort of constantly positioning ourselves to him through the prism of her in a way. Um, I, I think it's a great performance. I, I would, it does feel to me that like, it's, you know, very much by design. It's, of course, it's not everything Catherine Keener can do. I mean, I think of her, you know, she doesn't have any single persona, which is one of her strengths, but I think of her like very acerbic, you know, performance in being John Malkovich or work she's done yeah. with Nicole Hall Center, you know, which I maybe emotionally I'm a little closer to those, those performances, yeah. but I think the assignment here, she just aces it with such grace in a way that, and that grace really does feel like it belongs to Harper Lee also. I mean, from everything we know about having read about yeah. Harper Lee and just her persona as well and her, her kind of rejection of the spotlight and everything. It's totally spot on. Yeah. Ali, I think you're going to say something. I, I love her very much in this movie. She can give so many with too little. And I, it reminds me of, um, of a little story about a big uh, Egyptian actress in the Arab world. And there was some controversy five years ago because she's not so good as an actress, but she's too big. And she like she was accused of looking into the camera. She always breaks the fourth wall. That's how questionable she is as an actress. And she was uh-huh. like, dare you say this to me? I can convey emotion with my back. And that's <laughs> every single time. She can convey so much emotion with her back, with her shoulder, with the look, with... Uh-huh. And that's what a great actress should be, and ha- and she does it very. She she made it look so easy, and uh, I guess that's like uh, one of uh, that's what the big diva tried to <laughs> give this impression that she's that good. But that's what Catherine Keener does every single day with every single performance, mm-hmm. and in this movie she is once again so good. Yeah. So, but I don't think that's a minor performance or a performance that shouldn't have been nominated. I guess she is like uh, my second favorite in this category. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think she's, she's, she's very. We have a word for that. We call it backting. Oh, really? 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. Cause I, I think, I think maybe because of the, the, um, tendency of, especially contemporary filmmakers to make everything close ups that we sometimes lose the physicality of actors. And there are some actors who are so good at that. And I, like my favorite thing in any Catherine Keenan performance is in being John Malkovich when she does that motion to the window that, like, yeah. <laughs> it's so, so hilarious. And if it hadn't been in, in like a medium shot, it would not have read. And so I think you need, sometimes need a strong filmmaker to bring, to, to show what actors can do. Cause she can do so much like her, my favorite, I think my favorite scene of hers in Capote is actually the least typical of this performance because she's the most animated, but it's that scene where they're at dinner and she's like copying what he's saying as he's saying it. Oh yeah. Really annoying him. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think it's great as a great scene because I think they're at the end of sort of that section of the movie. And I think she's like done with his <laughs> bullshit at that point. Like she spent too much time with him. Like they're obviously <laughs> close friends, but she's sick of it. You know? <laughs> I love this. Like scene. a little more. It's like she's needling him way more than she usually does. And I just love that detail. Where she's trying to get out of the doorway, like I hear it's it's a children's book. Yeah, yeah, it's a ch- and she's yeah. a frame, and then it's an adult book. Yeah, yeah, it's a, right. Yes, you know, and she <laughs> her energy is just so much like get me out of here. Oh God, get me out of here. It's so expressive. She's just so good. Yeah. And actually, speaking about her expressiveness, I think also. I didn't realize how like still she was in a lot of things. Like even just shot. Cause I, I think I've seen this movie one other time. Yeah. Like when it came out and I feel like I had that horrible reaction. I was like, why is this performance nominated? I can't think of anything from the movie after I had watched it. But this time that's sort of all I can think about maybe because I was thinking about her more, but yeah. my, I, every time she was on, in, on the screen, I was like, what is she doing? What is she doing? I'm not looking at Justin Hoffman. And I actually really love something about her that I love is I love her speaking voice. There are certain actresses that I, like Annette Bening, love her speaking voice, what the range that she can do with it. Um, and I think, didn't she also have, like, 40-Year-Old Virgin was in the... Yeah, well, she was the it was the same year, yeah. It was the same year. I kept thinking of how her voice is different just between those two performances. Um just because they came out in the same year. So, yeah, uh, I was really sort of blown away by her this time that I watched it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Uh, so uh, we're woo, we're running out of time. So Brokeback Mountain, we have to discuss, because that's like a majestic movie to have to cram in to the to the end of, uh, of our uh, conversation. But Ali, I wanted to start with you. You uh, Like one thing that you wrote in your blurb was that her um, you focused on her her last like sort of eruptive scene and that you felt that it was so earned by the performance. And I agree with you, but I also admit this time through, I'd forgotten how long it takes her to do that. And then it's after they were divorced, I'd completely forgotten that. So don't you think it, did you, did you really feel like it made sense for the character that she would wait until after the divorce for this? I had uh, many, many similar problems with the movie. I forgot that they had it the first time. I always remembered that he tried, and then it was like some other night or something. <laughs> and yes, I was like, this should have happened uh, while they were married. And I was like, okay, this is happening now. I felt like it, it was earned. Even after all these years, it was earned. That was the moment that I was like, okay, I, I can't take it. I can't take it. I can't take it anymore. Uh, I should have done it years before. I should have done it at the time. But now is the time. It feels real, so real. And that's why I always love about Michelle Williams. She feels like this is the moment, that emotion, like coming out right now. You always feel like it could have been done earlier, but not with her. Like she was ready at the time. She's doing it at, the, at that exact <laughs> <laughs> and I, I I love this. I love that scene because usually I'm always, whenever there is plant smashing, I'm like afraid. <laughs> but the actor's going to overdo it or something. Yeah, yeah. But she's so good here. She's yeah. So good. They were both so good in the, that scene. Yeah, Joey, I love what you said about, uh, what you wrote in your blurb about that she, that you feel like there's two different things she's playing at that moment that she can't separate. Oh, yeah. She can't separate her fear of Ennis with her own anger, which I thought was a really interesting take. 
on that movie. Yeah, I just thought that um, I was waiting for that scene the whole time I was watching it. I think I had the perception of it when I first watched it. I was like, it's Michelle Williams. She's making this huge splash in this big movie. And I just thought that scene, it's, it's, I, I actually wondered maybe she felt like she couldn't have that, you know, big blow up argument with him when she was still living under the same roof with him. Maybe the separation of she's married and maybe she felt safer because her husband was like, you know, two, two rooms down. Um, but it's just the, it's her voice. It's something about how it's, it's sort of like fear overtakes her anger and her anger overtakes her fear that I really feel like makes that scene, um, so beautifully rendered because, and like he storms out in anger and it, it's, and we, we hear a lot of, of things like when her husband comes running into the room, we hear the plate smashing the screaming. And it's, it sort of has something to do with like the decibel of her voice, the high pitchedness of her voice. Um, as she's screaming for her husband, I just feel like it's just an explosion from this, like this woman who may have felt small every single time that she's been in the same room with this man. So. Yeah. I loved it. I thought it was a great take on, on that. I mean, my favorite of her scenes is, is her first big scene where she sees them kiss. Oh, oh. Like the amount, the amount of things she's playing in that oh. scene is to me is, is shocking, but, but it, it feels really simple at the same time. And we've actually brought this up in this conversation a lot of times, like these five women, like, or most of them at least, like they're making sometimes very simple choices to convey very complex things that they're going through. Um, and I think that she's like an expert at that in many of her performances, actually. Um, like I think Blue Valentine has a lot of that element, which she's amazing in. Um, it has one of those faces where you just see, you see an entire monologue flash across her face with no words. And, you know, great writers will see performances like that and they will keep cutting the script. They will keep, they will say, I don't need to say that. I don't need to say that because she's saying it with her eyes. Her eyes, I mean, her face is incredible. The moment fireworks going off behind Mm -hmm. Ennis after he's just been so violent and you see she's holding her child and she's so afraid of him. And so I think she has a really important, her character has a really important function in this film in that you have to see the damage that the secrets they are holding is doing to everyone. That it is not just damaging to Ennis. It is not just damaging to Jack. It's damaging to his wife. It's damaging to his children. It's damaging to the innocent people that, I mean, when he pulls the guy out of the truck and just starts up this fight from, because he has so much unexpressed rage. Mm-hmm. And so this, this, there is so much collateral damage from this inability to live truthfully. Yeah. And she is an actor who is just, just a, a raw nerve of truth. You know, she is just, there's no artifice about her whatsoever. Every single reaction she has is just, it's just truth. It's utter vulnerability. Her face is so revealing. It's like there's no carapace. There's no, there's no, there's no filter. It's just complete truth. And, and, you know, in, in other hands, this role could have been like, oh, this bitch of a wife who doesn't understand. And she's just, you know, you could think, oh, God good thing you're not married to her anymore, right? <laughs> but instead, you think, my God, he has this secret that has devastated so many lives, and if only yeah. these men could live in truth and just be free, they wouldn't all, all these people's lives wouldn't be so damaged. Yeah. Well, Justin, you wrote that in your blurb, too, that she makes clear that the tragedy is not just Ennis and... and yeah, absolutely. What, what Carrie was saying is just, it, it's it's spreads out, but especially hers. I feel like she actually, she just expands the movie's perspective in every scene. Like she actually does take ownership and say like, this is her tragedy as well. And I still remember just seeing this in a theater in 2005. And when she sees them kissing and Michelle, Michelle Williams can just kill you with the look. She can kill you with her voice. She can kill you like 500 ways, but it's just like that look that it's just, I had the, it felt like watching it was like had the wind knocked out of me watching yeah. that scene in that movie altogether. And I just, it's so funny because it's the movie that I've kind of gone back to most often and yet was the one I also say for last because it just takes so much out of me emotionally yeah. that like it's just, I didn't know that I could, I actually watched it like at midnight last night and I woke up feeling just 
really, really depressed this <laughs> And it's like, no, and it's, um, but she, and that's partly because of her. I mean, she's just, um, I mean, she's given great performances since this one, and this is, but this is still one of her great performances, and it feels like an encapsulation of everything she can do. It's also just, just not only just emotionally so pure, but it's just so physically persuasive too. I mean, she's like introduced, you know, I think hang, you know, hanging laundry or taking in laundry or something. Mm-hmm. She's just constantly got these kids hanging off her because he's just constantly dumping them in her lap. Yeah. And, you know, the scene where she's just left, you know, the, the breaking of the jars in the grocery store and she's just, kind of, and it's just, uh, <laughs> I mean, she's just doing, she's so, yeah, I had completely forgotten so many little details of the movie and also which she helped me see too like I had completely forgotten how violent Anna Stelmar is. Yeah. Me too. I I viewed it in my memory because like I think it's like one of the great screen romantic dramas and so in my memory it was like all about how madly in love that they were without realizing that they were and how they couldn't quit each other. So it was all focused on sort of like love, which is not in my head a violent thing, but he's even, he's violent with Jack Twist. He's violent. And, and even though he's not, we don't see him be violent with her. Everything in her performance suggests that he probably has been. Because he cannot express his feelings. He yeah. lives in a world where he has not been taught how to express his feelings. He just, feelings for him become rage. Yeah. And that is terrifying. And she's tiny. She's this tiny person. She's tiny and fragile. And you just, you, he like hulks over her in so many of those scenes at that sink. You know, he is so terrifying and she is in so much danger around him. And so her vulnerability is just in addition to her strength, you know, she gets away. She gets away, she saves her kids, she finds yeah. another husband, she saves her family, you know, she's the one working, she's a survivor. But her, she's so fragile, she's so vulnerable, she's so transparent, and, and, and you do, you, you really see, it's like Justin was saying, you see Ennis through an entirely different lens because of her performance. Yeah. Which is what great supporting actors should do, as like we were also discussing with Catherine Keener. Like, yeah. understand Capote so much more because of her. Um, yeah. So I, for me, this was like complete, I know it's a depressing movie. It was a complete joy to revisit Brokeback Mountain because I just, to me, depressing movies that are great, <laughs> like, I feel energized <laughs> to me. Maybe it's catharsis. I don't know, but that's how I always feel with this one. I just love it so much. It's been so much fun to discuss, but unfortunately we have to wrap up and I know there's deadlines for various people in this room. So as we're going, I want, okay, we played two things. Um, I want you to recommend a 2005 movie you like that we didn't discuss. Um, but before we do that, that's what we'll do at the very end um, as we're saying goodbye. But before we do that, uh, we play a little game where we recast the roles. And the idea of this is that it, it, it who, with what an actor's persona and their choices can totally shift a role. So like, what do you think would have been interesting within these five women? doing one of the other parts. I want to start with Joey, because you look like you're deep in thought. <laughs> well, probably just from the conversation, maybe the one that I would, because her, I guess, on-screen and off-screen persona from Frances McDormand, she plays these, like, badass women. Like, you never want to mess with Frances McDormand. Right. I would love to sort of see what nuance she would bring to Michelle Williams' part. Interesting. That those probably of the two performances, those are probably the most polar opposite. Yeah. So, and we don't really see a lot of performances where from Frances McDormand where she may feel like she herself would be a character that's in danger. So I would love to see sort of what dynamic that would be. Yeah. Or I can't even, imagine that. I cannot imagine yeah. that. Yeah. But you know she would be amazing at it. You know. <laughs> so it would be, but she's so strong and so. Mm. Like, I just cannot imagine her ever falling for Ennis, you know? Mm-hmm. I think she would have clocked him at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, that is a fascinating exercise to even think of her in that role. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, Rachel Weiss, I could see in that role. So, um, Gary, who would you switch around? Just for, I, just for kicks. I would be interested to see Francis in Catherine's role. 
Mm-hmm. Um, although I don't, I don't feel like mm-hmm. he has this sort of southern gentility that the, the sort of, um, I'd like to see her play it. You know, Frances is so rough around the edges, uh, at least most of what I've seen her in. So she doesn't, I don't know, there, there's such a gentility to, um, Catherine's role. But I, I would, I, I think that, um, I think Amy Adams could have done Michelle Williams' role very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't think, not better than Michelle. I mean, I right. just think Michelle was incredible in that, that performance. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, those would probably be my two switches I'd want to see. How about you, Ali? Yeah, I was thinking about switching, um, Amy and Michelle and Michelle's parts. It's going to be interesting to see them, uh, not think crazy besides as what, uh, as what Joey suggested. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I can see Amy in, uh, in Michelle, in Michelle's, uh, Michelle's role and, uh, vice versa. But, but, um, it's still um, an interesting exercise. Maybe watching, um, Amy, uh, that as acted by Ang Lee, for example. So that's something that I would love to oh, see. Yeah. 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 I, and people don't, people forget this about Michelle Williams because of just the trajectory of her career, but she's actually really good at comedy. Um, she is. Yes. And she's like, good she's, at everything. What? she's good at everything. Yeah. But I mean, people forget that because she tends to choose these very heavy dramas. Um, but she was very funny in that, uh, Dick movie with Kiki. Oh with God. Um, I love that movie. And she's really funny in that Amy Schumer movie. I yes. feel pretty. Mm-hmm. So I feel like pretty. every once in a while she reminds you that she can do comedy. So I also think she would be really interesting in a role like the Ashley role. Mm. Um, how about you, Justin? Yeah, I'm going to piggyback on Ollie's answer and say um, switching Amy Adams and Michelle Williams. Um, and I was thinking about I feel pretty too last night because she's so funny. What she does with her voice, the kind of sort of. Betty Boop kind of thing. Um, but yeah, just those two characters, which feel like they're very much in conversation with each other in some ways, as a lot of these performances do. But, you know, two women who are both in different ways, kind of the glue holding their families together and who are, you know, happily married to just angry men who cannot express their rage. Yeah. And just the way that, you know, and Amy Adams kind of comes at it with uh, Ashley sort of comes at it with with great humor and and just this mm-hmm. sort of healing consoling kind of touch and um and alma is just you know is so you know is is a, is a more tragic figure but so i'm curious to see how those characters would shift with yeah that yeah I, I think uh you know nobody uh traded anything with rachel but i think she would be really interesting maybe in 10 years in like the francis mcdormand type of part in north country um, just because like hmm. she's very, very physically beautiful, but she also has this like sort of very commanding, like, uh, as Carrie was mentioning earlier, like screen charisma, like true star charisma. Mm-hmm. So watching her be the, be somebody who tries to strengthen other people rather than like pull in the focus, I thought, I think would be really interesting to see Rachel do, um, yeah, I, I, lo- I love maybe because I in my fantasy life I was a casting director, so <laughs> I love thinking about things. Like that. It's a really hard job. Yeah. Um, so anyway, thank you so much, all of you. This was so fun to revisit these movies and talk about them. Um, as we're closing, remind uh, listeners where they can see you or read you next, and um, and tell us a 2005 movie you love that we didn't talk about. Uh, so once again, thanks to Joey Moser. Hi, you can find me on awardsdaily.com. You can find me on Twitter at joeymoser83. A performance that I love from a 2005 movie that I love is Julie Haggerty and Just Friends. Oh, yes. That's a great, I love that movie. I do too. No, I love Just Friends. (laughs) I love that movie. It's so silly and so stupid, but it's it's really good. Yeah. So glad you mentioned that. It's good. (laughs) And, uh, Ali Ben Zachary. You can find me on Twitter on Ali Ben's KR, and you can find me in Tangier. Welcome anytime you want. I'm here in Tangier. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, thank you so much. And uh, Justin Chang, you can find me um, on Twitter at Justin C Chang, and uh, you can find my work at LATimes.com and somewhere on the NPR website for, for sure. Um, 
I will, oh, am I supposed to give it a movie? 2005 movie. Um, yeah, recommendation. Yeah. I'm going to stick up for Wong Kar Wai's 2046, uh, not just because Wong Kar Wai is one of my favorite directors, but um, it has a performance that I would have nominated for Best Supporting Actress, which is Jiang Ziyi's performance, and that movie is just devastating. She's oh. like it's like the Michelle Williams of Wong Kar Wai movies. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Great right in that. In that, in that movie in particular. Yeah. Great right in that, and also what what we were talking about with the physicality of like certain actors with if the director knows how to shoot them, she's like her, her body's so expressive in that movie. Um, and Carrie O'Malley, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's my pleasure. I love talking about acting. Um, uh, so you can find me on Twitter at the Carrie O'Malley. Uh, although I mostly talk about politics. So if you don't like politics, don't follow me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm on Instagram at, uh, at Carrie R O'Malley. And that's mostly pictures of me in Boston sports gear with my dog. And, um, uh, let's see. You can see me on Snowpiercer on it. It's on TNT. It's on Netflix in most of the world. I don't think it's on Netflix yet in the States, but it's also on the TNT app. And um, and for 2005, I, I, I liked, uh, I think they're both this year, uh, Syriana and uh, Walk the Line. I, I always love a good musical biopic, so I'm going to pick that one. Yes, that's a that's a particularly good example of a musical biopic, too. I love Reese in that. She, she got a lot of, uh, she gets a lot of flack for that Oscar win, but I think she's great in it. Oh, I like her. She's good. I, yeah. for it. I, I think because it was like, you know, typical of like the time in her career and, you know, the, the, the princess effect, like Hollywood's like female superstars, like if they win for a biopic. I don't know. People were just upset at the time. <laughs> but I also agree she's great on it. Everyone's a critic. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, including most of us here, but that's okay. <laughs> See, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so thanks to suggest a movie for. Uh, to, what? Uh, I, I forgot to suggest a movie. Oh, okay. I'm oh, sorry. What was worse? Going with the Michael Haneke's Cachet. Ah, oh, so much. What's <laughs> that movie? You can throw Juliette Binoche in the supporting actress category for that role because she's so good in that role. Yeah, that. That I wish I wish that this weren't just an audio podcast because I wish people could see what you all just did. I was just thinking that I was like maybe this should be a podcast. Yeah, because the reaction to Cachet was very big in the room. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I also love that movie. My my 2005 pick would be A History of Violence, which I think is oh, yeah. amazing, including Maria Bello in it, since we're talking actresses. She's brilliant in that movie. She's such a good actress. Um, so once again, thanks. Um, I hope you all uh, listening watch the movies, because uh, there were quite a few good ones that we watched and all worth discussing. And thanks again to all of our guests. This was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.